What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for the best day of the year, Thursday, October 31st, 2019. Happy Halloween. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the former informer, Imran Khan. I've been genuine awe of your costume. Thank you, sir. Like, you were telling me yesterday, like, oh, or not yesterday, the day before yesterday, I don't know if we're going to be able to pull this together, but it looks amazing. Like, it looks... If you're an audio listener, I am, of course, dressed as Guillermo del Toro in... The one and only Death Stranding, dead man himself here. Mm-hmm. And so, like, yeah, I've seen a lot of people already online reacting to my photos and going, like, Greg's breaking embargo. He clearly likes the game. No, <laughs> I just enjoy fat representation in video games. Because <laughs> when they showed Guillermo del Toro that first trailer, I was like, that looks like me in a suit. And mm-hmm. then I did, a, I did a gig and they gave me a red shirt and I was like, I'm done. This Halloween costume set. Yeah. And I kind of forgot about it up until Tuesday morning when I ordered the gloves, the glasses. And I'm just wearing <laughs> Star Wars cuffs over here. Yeah. Uh, I'm very disappointed you wore nothing. You don't like Halloween apparently. I like Halloween plenty. Uh-huh. I did not realize you're dressing up for this. And also my costume's not done. Yeah. So I'm going to go with, have you ever seen that, that Tokyo thing? The Tokyo, uh, what is it? The Tokyo mundane Drift. costume. Uh masquerade whatever no. it's people dressing up as very mundane costumes like guy who left a pen in his pocket and the ink spilled out mm, person who got mm. faked sick to play video games all day gotcha. that kind of thing yeah so i'm guy who shot up last night playing death stranding and then woke up in the middle of the night thinking i don't know how i feel about death stranding yet oh interesting okay. yeah because you have to come to the grips of course today we're recording the games cast our death stranding review it'll be live friday morning that's tomorrow 1201 a.m pacific time yeah very exciting Extremely excited. I can't I'm, wait to hear. You know what? Hold on. First off, let me see if I can even use my papers. Yeah, can you what, read with that on? I mean, I can, I can, what I, I can read the paper. Uh-huh. They're polarized lenses, so I can't see the screens <laughs> of anything. But other than that, I'm fine. I do have a question here that pertains to this. Of course, if you want to be part of Kind of Funny Games Daily, ladies and gentlemen, write in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games. You can give us your questions, comments, concerns, everything other video games on. Today, Chad wrote in, and what Chad said was this Good Thursday, Grim Rain. Still trying to figure out a good couple names. I mean, that's pretty good for Halloween, though. Death Stranding's final launch trailer is eight minutes long and gives a lot away. What are your takes on spoilery trailers? Does the fact that Kojima himself personally edited this make it any better? Parentheses, as in he knows what cards he wants to play and which ones he wants to keep hidden. Apologies if you have to dance around this question due to knowing so much more than you're allowed to say. It was a spoilerly as fuck trailer. Like I read it, I was like, or not read. I watched it, I was like, this is (laughs) how do trailers work for you? (laughs) This is like he's giving away so much, and granted, we know the context of it. And that was my thing. Yesterday when the trailer dropped, I watched it, and first off. I was watching, I'm like, oh man, this is spoiling, spoiling things for me, and I'm lots of hours into the game, which we'll talk about on the Gamescast, right? So we, I do want to dance around certain things. But I started to craft a tweet about it, and I stopped myself, because it always strikes me as that conversation we have when we're doing something early review, not usually video games, but movies, where you'll say something, and someone at the table will be like, oh, that's a spoiler. And it's like, it's not a spoiler unless you know it's a spoiler. Like, when I was watching that trailer, and they were doing everything they were doing in the trailer, it was more like, oh, that was a cool moment for me when I played the game, or that was a moment I didn't see coming when I played the game. Mm-hmm. But that's just because I went in sight unseen, right? For somebody to, to watch this and not know what's going on, maybe it's a different ball of wax. I mean, it's a it's one thing with Death Stranding than it would be for, say, Metal Gear. Yeah. So, like, if you showed a Metal Gear trailer, like, let's say 4, and it is Snake confronting Ocelot on top of the tanker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, r- context or not, I have a decent idea of what Great. that's leading yeah, to, yeah, yeah, and, like, yeah. oh, that sucks to know. And that, and that was the thing about this one, where I don't want to say anything else about it, because really, we're doing the spoiler, we're doing the, not even spoiler cast, we're doing the review later, mm-hmm. all that jazz. Mm-hmm. But it was, yeah, watching it, I was like, ah, this seems like stuff I wouldn't have wanted to know, but I guess I don't know... 
how much of that are people going to remember? Are they going to have all that in the front of their brain? It's a long game when you go through and do all these different things. I always think about this one Ashley Judd trailer from like a movie from 1990, whatever. The one where she like is she double jeopardy? Double she, jeopardy? Yeah, hell yeah, double we're jeopardy. Like, that trailer spoils the entire fucking movie. Totally. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't really need to see the movie now because yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure I've got this. Yeah. It's like, I, and I still actually have never seen the movie, so I don't know if that's like that trailer it ruins like it. Game yeah, trailers but, are a hard game, to, uh, a hard thing to do. Yeah. And so yeah, like. I thought the trailer was beautiful yesterday, and I, I, I refrained from tweeting about it because everybody else was. I didn't mm-hmm. need to. There's so many articles now. Uh, IGN has an article about, like, sp- this is a spoiler as hell trailer, and it's yeah. up. So you know it already is. I would encourage you not to watch it. And I think it is a fine line. It's really hard to do that. I How mean, do you get people excited yeah. for it? Even though I think yeah. for Death Stranding, at this point, granted, you're waiting for a review. You know if you're interested or not. And right. so, like, that was my whole thing with it, where even with, like, when they dropped, like, what, 50 minutes of gameplay when, uh, from Germany, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't watch any of that, because I was like, I, yeah, I don't need to know. I, I'm delivering packages, whatever, good enough. That's all. I'm, I want to see what this game's like when I get it. Mm-hmm. But some of the stuff that I did in the moments where I was like, oh, wow, or what's this, or whatever, it was like, seeing them in the trailer, I was like, that's a weird move. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, like, I guess it is up to the audience, who knows, if they want to be spoiled by something. Like, yeah. at this point... Eight days or whatever, however long we are before the game's release. Eight days, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's you shouldn't be watching trailers if you don't want to be spoiled on it. Sure. And that's like kind of victim blaming a little bit, but I mean, it's the reason yeah. I'm bla- I try to black out yeah. on everything. Right? I haven't watched any Star Wars trailer since like the very first one for this movie because like I know who those characters are. I know if it shows like a scene of Ray and Palpatine together, I'm gonna be like, oh, sh- yeah, like oh shit, I know where this movie's going at this point. Yeah, and mm-hmm. like that it. I, obviously, I don't know if it does because I didn't see that trailer. Yeah, yeah. But I that to me, I prefer to go in as fresh as possible because, like, why not? Why ruin certain aspects of the game for myself or movie or whatever for myself? Yeah, you know, he, he, what, Chad asks, "What are your take on spoiler trailers getting away from even Death Stranding?" Because obviously, we do have to dance and stuff like that. Uh, it's always that weird thing, especially when you talk about you talk about Ashley Judd and Double Jeopardy, of course, which is a classic. Yeah, the same. I, I knew it right away because I remember <laughs> that trailer as well. Two hours is so much different than a 40-hour RPG, right? right. A 100-hour MMO, whatever. I mean, eight-hour game. So it's always that thing of how much does the trailer show. But it's usually the fact that it's not one trailer that does it. It's the chip damage of multiple. Yeah. Where we've been getting these drops for so long for Death Stranding to get here at the end and have even more information filled in. It was like, well, I thought we were going in. We didn't want to know any of this information. Mm. As somebody who watched every MGS5 trailer, that really kind of actually ruined the experience a little bit for me because, I mean, obviously that game had development issues with Konami and Kojima, but that was everything. Every piece of story in that game was in those trailers. Yeah. So, like, everyone had pieced it together by the end of that. Yep. Yeah, that was that. Uh, as a Metal Gear Solid Five fan, that's a great example. Yeah, mm-hmm. by the time we got to the reveal at the end of Metal Gear, I was like, first off, we knew this, didn't we? Yeah, I remember when they compared the helicopter footage like a year and a half ago. <laughs> like, yeah, we all knew this was gonna happen, right? Mm-hmm. Nier Automata is also like a, a pretty funny example because there's a scene in one of the early trailers that reveals something fairly pivotal later in the game, mm-hmm. but it reveals it in such a way that you wouldn't really know until you have the context of the game, yeah. which is like one of the good examples of that. I, I talked to Yoko Taro after. I was like, hey, did you do this on purpose? Because like, this is a very big change that if you knew the like if you had an inkling this would have been a like major spoiler yeah he's like no we didn't we just wanted to put something cool in there i don't think we realized it would be a big issue yeah and i was like okay so that's how most people think about this sort of thing yeah it's like okay we just want to show a cool thing we're not really worrying about what people are seeing with or not and i and i think that that's because the us you know what we do in commentating you the video game fan and even like people who listen i'm thinking more like when we i would do like rewind theaters at ign right like yeah 
that is such a niche audience of I'm gonna sit there and I'm gonna go into this and read this and like if you translate this it's probably that Nathan Drake's gonna do that you know what I mean like most people are just like let's put a really cool trailer together and get people to go that looks awesome and I want to play that right because again you're gonna play a game and you know if it's a Death Stranding kind of game you're gonna play a really long time right Mm -hmm. and you're gonna uh, forget the things you saw in the trailer or not understand their context and not get there and I think it comes back to what I was talking about Mm -hmm. earlier of like you don't know it's a spoiler unless somebody's like spoiler yeah that's a huge problem you shouldn't know that I actually really fucking love the way the MCU does it yeah of they just fucking lie yeah totally (laughs) they're like they edit people out of shots yeah like the Infinity War trailer has Hulk in places he is not in that movie yeah, yeah. which is fantastic like I love the idea of we're, we're not going to spoil these things for you we're going to give you a hint of a context of what all this stuff is yeah. but you don't know for sure that this is actually true at all yeah no please can't. yeah oh your mic wasn't on Oh well, how about you? You can. You, how about you can come over here and show your Halloween costume talking to my microphone? Yeah, uh, we need to see okay. this. Costume. Come on over here and talking to my microphone, especially if we're talking about MCU things. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to Kevin the stage. Is quite horny Kevin. Today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Loki himself. Uh, I was just gonna say it's crazy because like the cost involved with actually making those like those are CGI like they have to pay, you know, ILM to do those shots. Yeah, is insane. So like that effort. Is so like appreciated in, in my eyes, and that's something with video games, right? Where I mm-hmm. feel like the reason you worry about spoilers is because so many times you're using cutscene footage, mm-hmm. which is expensive to make, which is time consuming. And games usually only have so much, right? They only have so many cutscenes in a game. Yeah, that was a real low key appearance, by the way. Ah, <laughs> you like that, <laughs> Barrett? Do you want to do a walkthrough of your costume? And now we're, just, we're having a costume contest yeah. here for you guys only. Chat yeah. can vote. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, who are you wearing today, Barrett? Uh, this is TJ from Recess. Very and, uh, nice. Alyssa is Spinelli. Oh, that's <laughs> nice. All right, cool. We'll see that later. But more on that later because this is Kind of Funny Games <laughs> Daily. Today we're talking about Ubisoft and their next five AAA games being cross-platform, the Switch Lite selling well, and... PS Now hitting a milestone. This is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show, patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. If you go there, you can give us your questions, comments, concerns, and everything under the video game sun. Then tune in to watch us record the show live, twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. If you're watching live, you have a special job. Go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames roosterteeth.com and listening on podcast services around the globe housekeeping today's halloween and that's awesome but it also means that halloween hellscape is airing 4 p.m pacific time youtube.com slash kind of funny games it's going to be a youtube premiere you can all show up at 4 p.m watch it together this of course is the kind of funny world championship being decided xavier woods bruce green fran mirabelle and all your favorites will be there participating in some way or another. <laughs> uh, Extra Life is also Saturday. That's uh, this Saturday, November 2nd. 24 hours of games for charity here on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. You can donate right now at kindoffunny.com slash extra life or watch on the day with us over there and donate then. You can join the team. You can play games for your uh, own benefit of a children's uh, hospital around you. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Blackjack and Mohammed Mohammed. Today we're brought to you by Escape the Invasion and Quip, but I'll tell you about that later for now. Let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. <laughs> Time for some news. <laughs> Three items on the Roper Report. Oh, Baker's does it! Was that like, are we trying to do the Marvel? Was that like a Marvelized? Oh, no, I'm just tired. Oh, okay. <laughs> How late were you up on this costume? Uh, I mean, that wasn't too late. I think we stopped at like midnight. But uh, then we went and, no, it was 11.30. And then we went and had uh, like dinner. 
with Where'd my family. Oh. Yeah, this like Chinese restaurant that was my sister was so excited to, to like take me to because it was like I think that, like they have a happy hour or like the plates are like four fifty and she was like it's good food and it's four fifty. The happy hour is <laughs> at eleven thirty p.m. Uh, I think the happy hour starts at ten. Wow. Until one in the morning. That's wow. yeah. longer than an hour, but sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Number one on the Roper Report. We're still getting these Q2 calls. We have some stuff from Ubisoft, and we're starting with our Ubisoft Rock Block. They have a cross-gen plan. This is Matt Perslow at IGN.com. Ubisoft has confirmed that Watch Dogs Legion, Rainbow Six Quarantine, and Gods and Monsters will all be released as cross-generation games, meaning they will be on PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5, as well as Xbox One and Xbox Scarlet. The news was announced by CEO Yves Guillemot in a Q&A session held after Ubisoft's earnings for the first half of the 2020 financial year were revealed. Not only will the games, which were recently delayed from early 2020 slots, uh, be available on PlayStation 5 and Xbox Scarlet, but they will also take advantage of the new features and hardware offered by the machines. Guillemot also mentioned that, in addition to Watch Dogs, Rainbow Six, and Gods and Monsters, there will be a further two AAA games released in the same fiscal year. These games have yet to be announced. Quote, The five titles will be on this generation and next generation of consoles, and they will take full advantage of all the new features that are coming with the machines, which are actually going to be extremely interesting for players, as you'll be able to download new content a lot faster. Players will experience better frame rate, so there are, a lot, there are lots of very good elements that will come with those new machines. Man. New elements, Imran. I'm excited. I like uh, the way he said that. Of, they'll experience better frame rate. So there's other things. Yeah. It's like, God, I feel so bad on these calls, these <laughs> investor calls where the CEO's like, ah, yeah, I mean, it's going to look better for sure. Yeah. Frame rates. Oof, you want to look out for them. Uh, this change of plan puts the five games in a similar position to Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag, which was released on both PS3 and Xbox 360, as well as PS4 and Xbox One. Guimont noted on the earnings call that releasing earlier on a new generation console is useful despite the small install base because the user base grows over time and Ubisoft can continue to sell new to new users. So do you think that this is the main reason for the delays? No. Do you? I think it's part of the calculus. Yeah. Like, I believe then that the quality was probably not up to par on a lot of those. But I everybody think, could yeah. use more time. Yeah. Right? That's, I mean, everybody's, every game story would love another couple weeks. Most. But I think there was probably some producers chomping at the bit going, like, okay, these are moving past this line. Yep. It makes sense now that we get to put these on new consoles as well. Yeah. For, as somebody who's probably interested in Watch Dogs Legion, yeah. do you, are you now going to wait? Well, it depends. Assuming there's a delay. That's like my thing. That, yeah. Is it, oh, That's a great question, Imran. You got me good. Um, I would assume it's day and date like Black Flag, because Black Flag was, wasn't like it? Like a week, I think. Was there only yeah, a week? Yeah. I, if, if it's that minuscule of a time difference, then yeah, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. The thing about, we, we, I think your last episode, you're on with me, right? We were talking about Legion mm-hmm. and what a weird sell that is. I'm, I'm stoked for it. It looks awesome. Again, with it being the whole thing of build your own team and take on, make your own resistance and yada yada, I'm like, cool. It doesn't seem like a story game as much as it seems like an experience game and like what I'm gonna have and like you know those water cooler moments of mm-hmm. oh, this team of grannies and they went and did this. If that game comes out next to something that is more narrative based, I'm gonna prioritize the narrative right because the gameplay can keep. And if I'm letting it keep, then yeah, I'd probably wait for PlayStation Five, Xbox, Scarlet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean they. We're, this is all a weird talk now, because like right now Ubisoft is positioning themselves against games that we have no idea about yet, mm-hmm. because launches are super weird and they only reveal games like six months ahead of time. Yeah, I 
suspect that they're they are not happy having to do this, but it does benefit them. So at the end of the day, the uh, the fact that they get to put watchdogs out of multiple systems like gives them a little more breathing room. But isn't this weird? Like I I was not. I wasn't like betting the house or anything, but I feel like the backwards compatible nature of all this. Was yeah, I thought be, so too. I thought it was going to be that. Yeah, like and, and I think you talked about it with Tim uh, on Friday, right? When you were talking about uh, Last of Us Part Two for PlayStation Five, right? Of like you'd put it in and hopefully maybe it's just a patch you download. You just download right. the four K textures, eight K textures, whatever the hell it's going to be. The bells and whistles, because mm-hmm. that's what I'm losing sight of. If it is backwards compatible and it is just a more powerful PlayStation and more powerful Xbox, why wouldn't it just be a settings thing that they can pull from the cloud wherever and grab Because the power of that box is the main thing, of yeah. the box that says PlayStation 5 when you buy a new system. Yeah. If you're at the store and you're buying new games and you see Watch Dogs Legion PS5 and Watch Dogs Legion PS4, even if they were the exact same disc, you would buy the one that says PS5. Yeah, and that's like, true. Obviously, you, if they're not the exact same disc, if one is meant for the PS5 or whatever, that's the game you're going to buy. Yeah. But I, just, I wonder what the difference will be. Right? I mean, ray tracing is the obvious like yeah. thing. And I just want that as Eve's Gimo says, frame rate. Oh, frame rates, yeah. of course. I forgot about that. The big <laughs> frame rate that we're throwing around for Ubisoft. Yeah, it's fascinating. I thought we were moving further away from this than I guess we were. But maybe it's just that, like you're talking about, a band-aid for launch, where yeah. it is like, well, we've worked on this game, and like, yeah. Also, can- I mean, like, there's an Occam's Razor thing to this as well of they make money selling this game twice. Sure. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Like, it makes sense for them to put out a, a version, like... I am not convinced completely that Last of Us 2 will not have a Last of Us 2 remastered edition, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, why not? It did so much, or so well for Last of Us 1. It, I think that pushed that game another 3 million units. Right. Like, that's important for, you know, funding the sequel and all that stuff. I hear stuff. you, but I think it's more the window doesn't line up as well, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, I think of it more as, like, a God of War 2 situation. Where, you know, PlayStation 3 is already out for months at that point and God of War 2 launched on PS2 and they were just like, this is where it is. You got to use your PlayStation 2. You imagine to spike those numbers, right? Have one inst- that you put on the biggest install base of the current or the current console. Mm-hmm. Get it all out there because like PlayStation, it's not that they don't care, but I think that they for sure want that banner number they want it to yeah. be simple and they don't want there to be confusion on which to buy they don't want somebody's parents husband whoever going out to the store and being like well, they wanted one of these i'm not sure which i'm confused i won't do it right but i mean we'll talk about this a bit later but oh, nintendo won't. did this with the 3ds for a while yeah of trying to push that system long past the switch's release yeah and at some point it was like okay well the audience just isn't interested in this anymore so there is a time frame of course where it's allowed and then after you start pushing that more and more, it doesn't matter if you have 120 million units or 60 million units or whatever. At some point, you have to move on a little bit because the audience also wants to move on. I totally agree with you on that. But yeah, you eventually you have to take it out back with the shotgun. Yeah. I understand. <laughs> I think 3DS should have gone a lot quicker than it did. Mm-hmm. I thought they were putting out stuff way too late on it. But I feel like Last of Us 1 came out, was awesome. Oh, man, generation-defining, right? But it wasn't. PlayStation 4 still had time before it came out. Right. Where there was enough time, I remember doing interviews, at a spoiler cast. I think, I think it was that released in the summer, and then PS4 released later that Fall? Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like five months. And then when yeah. did Remastered come out, right? Was it spring? The following spring. The following spring, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like, there was a way to do it. I think with this being on top of each other, it's also how how is PlayStation first party going to sell this? Because yeah. you, ra- you raised the best point, right, of, like, for Ubisoft... Same game, and then whatever. One disc has ray tracing. You know, it makes it enabled, which is weird. I don't understand how they do that, but I'm not. I'm an idiot. You're 100 percent correct that when 
lots of people go to the store and they're excited to buy their new PlayStation. They're excited to buy their new Xbox. They're going to look at the games wall and mm-hmm. they're going to only look at the things that are with the brand new branding because right. they want to come home with the new hotness. So it does make sense that even if it was, it's the same disc as you put it in, you get the same experience. People are going to want to buy the one that's branded for PlayStation Four, yeah, or, uh, or branded for the new newest system. Could you imagine doing a Watch Dogs bundle and it's Watch Dogs PS Four with your new PS Five? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, like I understand. It is from a marketing perspective. It's also way easier to say, "Hey, we're on board. We're learning this new console. We like learn." Ubisoft is one of the people that you can trust with your game library for the next five years on this console. Yeah, which that was their intention with. Uh, Watch Dogs 1 was they wanted to come in at launch so they could associate themselves with these new gen and I suspect that's probably what they want to do here too yeah yeah, it makes sense. It's just different, but I, and then it, ma- it makes sense. But it's different. It makes sense, but it's different thinking from what I've been on the. R- yeah, I had hoped this would be a blurry generational transition. And I think I do think what we're talking about is maybe unique to Ubisoft slash third parties, mm-hmm. the games that are going to be launching in holiday twenty twenty. You'd like to think, or maybe in spring 2021, I guess, but you'd like to think that Xbox and PlayStation aren't thinking that way and are timing it out differently and that, like, yeah, maybe down the line we get a PlayStation 5 version of Last of Us Part 2, but mm-hmm. what exactly does that look like? I it? assume they're thinking about these things from the moment those docs are, or like, game develop docs are made, yeah. or at least sometime in development. Because, like, I, I've talked to CD Projekt Red about this, and I was like, you guys aren't serious that you're not going to do a next gen version. Like we're not not doing. Like we're not saying we're not going to. Yeah. Like so they're releasing this version, and then probably there will be a PS5 and Xbox Two or yeah, Project yeah. Scarlet or whatever version. Yeah, yeah. So I think everyone has that calculus in mind of if this game succeeds, there's no reason for us not to try to take another bite on it. Yeah. 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 That's a, I'm, I'm buying a Switch version of a Wii U game I already own and never played. Yeah, but that's a different experience because Switch can go with you, right? Like that, can, you can take that with you. It's, I mean, theoretically, I, I tend not to undock mine. I'm going to yeah. be so perplexed if it's all yeah, backwards compatible, right? Mm-hmm. Which is what PlayStation Five is. They've said that. Yeah. So then it's like, what are you packing on the disc that you couldn't pack on through a download? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I need somebody smarter than I need Mark Cerny to come here and explain why I'm a moron for thinking that way. Because I'm sure I am. Mm-hmm. It's just I thought that. You download the 4Ks like you did an Xbox uh, One X when I got whatever version. I mean, I 4K visuals. I'll, like, I guess the marketing calculus is also a little different for that. That Microsoft wanted people to incentivize or wanted to incentivize people to buy a new Xbox One X. Yeah. And if you had to buy new games, people wouldn't do that. Mm. This mm. one, generational mm. transition is a bit more traditional. Yeah, like, yeah. You we want you to buy the box. Yeah, we want you to buy the box, and also like we don't necessarily we don't want to give you incentives to go buy a ps4 copy of a game or to not buy a new game like let's say spider-man spider-man might be a game that they do because they have they keep showing it showing it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so that might be a game but see, that like, that's that. the thing where i feel like spider-man in particular would be such a great one to show off with what you already have mm-hmm. where it's like we got spider-man 2 coming in the pipe we're, you play it now and see how we're talking about it. it's seamlessly loading and yada 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 and it's backwards compatible if you already own it you i don't yeah on the other hand if you i'm, do not, th- I'm yeah. not thinking about making money though <laughs> yeah if you do that how do you argue that like oh we can do that for this one but not for the last of us or for god of war yeah, yeah next yeah. one or whatever yeah i assume that's a next gen game right god of war oh yeah yeah i mean I, there's no way they're gonna put it out on. They ba- i mean cory barlock has basically just said like yeah we're working on the next game has he Hey, did you go to his GDC talk? No, I, don't, I mean, I, I, we can't be in the same room anymore. Oh, okay. But there was a time where our, at the end of the thing, like, you can't ask me if we're making a new like God of War. He's like... Yeah, I mean, yeah. they are, right? Yeah, yes. they totally are. There's no way they wouldn't be, yeah. But yeah, that's going to be... Well, okay, so what do you think? 
It wouldn't yeah, be this I, year, obviously. No, God, no, 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 yeah. no. Uh, you figure, do you think Horizon 2 is the launch title for... If not launch, then very quickly. Like, probably the infamous Second Sun kind of window. Kinda window? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, So then I would be saying, what, God of War's 20... Fall 20... Or, well, they don't even do fall releases, really. Do they? So if it comes out 2020... Summer 2021 sounds all yeah, right. I yeah, I was going to say even... I bet they say spring 2021 and then this moves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. That first game was... Was it delayed? No, it, just, it doesn't have a date for a really long time. Correct. Like three years, I think. You're wrong, Cadellus. Kind of funny. Yeah. yeah, it's that one of those days where we haven't been you're wrong, and I'm like, is the doc working? Yeah, well, I was I actually looking at it too. Like, now, someone's right? clearly corrected well, us on you, something in this point. You guys write in, you're like, well, you said Kevin was Loki, <laughs> but he doesn't have the... Th- what? You sure it's not like in the bottom sometimes? No, I, yeah. yeah I mean, I've I, scanned I, since up I've been down. back, it's what people do, you know, is they delete the content. They don't delete the lines. Yeah. You got to delete the rows. Oh, yeah, okay. Don't get me started. <laughs> Let's keep with some Ubisoft earning call stuff. Uh, they want to put all cro- they want to put crossplay into all their PvP games. This is Rebecca Valentine over at GamesIndustry.biz. Earlier this month, Ubisoft published a free-to-play fighting game Brawlhalla, dropping a cross-platform play across all platforms. Now, CEO Yves Gamon is committing to the same treatment for most of the rest of the company's catalog. "Quote: Our goal is to." put crossplay on all the pvp games we have over time he said uh that's well on the way currently brawlhalla is only one of a very small handful of titles with true cross-platform play across all major consoles and pc fortnite minecraft dauntless and most recently call of duty modern warfare are some of the others parentheses with nintendo switch excluded from the latter traditionally the holdup on these sorts of arrangements appears to have been sony but as more and more games appear with this functionality that might no longer be the case remember they said they came out of beta they're like it's done it's available for everybody now brawlhalla is one of only two ubisoft games that uh, allow full cross-platform play at the moment with the other being Just Dance's World Dance Floor Mode. Ooh. Uh, per Guillemot's uh, suggestion of all PvP games we have, other contenders could include Rainbow Six Siege, the Ghost Recon games, Division 2, For Honor, and much of, the, much of the rest of its library. Games with PvP are making a growing portion of the publisher's catalog, with Ubisoft stating in the last several years that it wants to move away from finite experiences. I talked to... God, I don't even remember what developer it was. I think it was someone on the Call of Duty team like three years ago, it was twenty. No, it was early twenty seventeen, and I was like, "Are they told me uh, that companies and publishers and developers are getting starting to get very suspicious and upset about the lack of crossplay?" Yeah, because like, why should our base be limited? Yeah, because it works better for our sales and our community if we can have people play together. And after that is when started like it started becoming big, and then Fortnite really pushed it forward and yeah. all that sort of thing. So it's not surprising to me Ubisoft's like, "This is our time." This is the chance to actually do it because now everyone, Sony was kind of cowed into doing it, but now we actually have that opportunity open to get crossplay going with every game. They say PvP games, I'm tr- like, there's Rainbow Six Siege, For Honor, and stuff like that. I wonder what game they actually specifically have in mind when they're saying that. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, I think it's just, I mean, Eve's going to want to talk about better frame rates as well. Maybe. Yeah. I think it's just online in general because that's what it needs to be. And, like, you bring up a great point that I think gets overlooked with uh, cross-platform plays. The way it's a great way to unify the audience and then save it on different platforms. Right. It's weird when you see multiplayer games come out on multiple platforms and then get, a, get, a, get an audience on one but not a bunch of others. Right. And so then it's like, well, it sucks that 
on Switch, it's failing, but over on PlayStation, there's a vibrant community. Yeah. And that's hard. If you could just put everybody together and have one server to pull from, or one, you know, server list to pull from. I remember in last generation, it was a, like that discussion was always happening with, well, this version is better, but all my friends play on yeah. this one. So I'm going to have to get that one. And that was just a thing we accepted. Yeah. Yeah. It made sense, right? And yeah. Like, that's it. You know, since we had started having Gary Witt on this show, uh, you know, back in the day, mm-hmm. he, he was stumping for it so hard. And I was, I was like, you're crazy. We're so far <laughs> away from it. And here we are. Like when we went to Judges Week, and they just subtly said in the middle of their presentation, and it's cro- you know Call yeah. of Duty Modern Warfare is cross platform everywhere. We were like, wait, what? Yeah, like full stop. Wait, what? Are you serious? Like now, that's- listen to these gun sounds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now we're gonna show you how it sounds ricocheting off this and doing this. I was like, wait, no, I don't care about that. That's way more interesting. <laughs> Nobody's doing that. What are you talking about? Yeah. And then to walk in that room and then go, all right, what do you want to play on? Just go pick a machine. Doesn't matter. And it seems like it's a massive success for Call of Duty because now no one has to think about like what version yeah. they want to get, which sucks for Sony. That's the exact thing they were trying to avoid yeah. as the market leader. They were going, well, people have to buy a PS4 because their friends have PS4s. So being able to play with Xbox on a separate Call of Duty account sucks for us. But it's where the way the market's moving and sometimes pro-consumer moves have to take away from something else. And this is one of those. Yeah, it's fascinating that it happened so quickly. It was awesome that it, I mean, it, it's crazy again to show the power of Fortnite that they were able to make that happen. That they're like, no, PlayStation, yeah. we're going to guilt you and turn your entire audience against you to make it happen. Like, fuck, all right, fine, we'll do it. I don't think they thought that everyone would just openly say, like, yeah, Sony's standing in the way. Because, like, remember that that E3 with uh, Fortnite on Switch, I think yep, it was? That's where, yeah, that's where was where I'm everyone was talking about, like, hey, why is this Switch, Xbox, PC, and not PS4 as well? Yeah. And then Psyonix also came out, like, yeah, we could do Rocket League we everywhere. Throw a Switch. Yeah. yeah. We're, we've, yeah, we're ready to do it, yeah. And so it's just Sony standing in the way. Well, it's a new day. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Number two on the Roper Report, we have more Q2 stuff, this time from Nintendo. We'll start with the Switch Lite selling well and profits going up. This is James Bachelor, GamesIndustry.biz. Nintendo's latest financial results show growth across the board, boosted in part by the launch of the Switch Lite. For the first six months, or for the six months ended September 30th, 2019, the company reported net sales of $4.1 billion, a year-on-year increase of 14.2%. Profits saw a bigger boost with operating profits rising by 53.4% to $869.1 million and ordinary profit up 32.1% to $847.8 million. Total hardware sales reached 6.93 million units during the six-month period, up 36.7% when compared with the year before. Naturally, the bulk of this was driven by the regular model of the Switch, which sold 4.98 million units, but the new Switch Lite managed to shift 1.95 million units despite only launching 11 days before the end of the fiscal half. This brings the lifetime sales of the Switch up to 41.67 million units, with 246.01 million games sold. Software sales for H1 uh, reached 58.49 million units, uh, up 38.8% year-on-year, with all three of Nintendo's major new releases selling more than 2 million units apiece. Super Mario Maker 2 was the leader with 3.93 million units, but Link's Awakening wasn't too far behind with 3.13 million. All the more impressive given the former was released in June and the latter was released on September 20th. Fire Emblem Three Houses also performed well at 2.29 million units, although this was less than the 2.32 million that Evergreen hit Mario Kart 8 Deluxe managed. Nintendo reports the number of Switch titles to pass 1 million sales during the financial year, including third-party games, is now up to 11. They're doing remarkably well. Yeah. They might, theoretically, if they have a very good holiday, hit $50 million before the end of the year. Not too shabby. Yeah. You know, we thought they'd fall apart without Reggie. Here we are. I, re- I remember, like, 
because back when NeoGAF was a thing and not a all right, hell, hell. Yeah. Uh, they, I remember the, do you think Switch will succeed poll going on there and most people going like, no. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, the Wii U gave us no reason to be yeah. confident in this. Why would I? It, it maybe do GameCube numbers is what a lot of people thought because mm-hmm. that was even after like that actual reveal event and they showed the thing and they said the price and then people hated it. Yeah. And the, that, we, the weird Japanese reveal event, right? Yeah. 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 With like, uh, what's his name? Uh, totally blank on the name now, but the guy who went like that. Yeah. And like, that was... And we're like, why is he doing that? And then it's like, oh, that's a thing. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's thing. a brand that's theming That's for the now. rest of the thing. Okay. It's like how they had the We Would Like to Play guys, and that became a brand identity <laughs> for them. But it's it's one of those things where I I am shocked at how well it's doing, because it's currently on pace. We got news yesterday about... You talked about it with Gary. Yeah. Of the PS4 is now one of the, the best-selling system. Or second, second best behind home PS2. console. Yeah. yeah. So not including handhelds. Yeah. So, I, again, this is going to be a weird categorization with the Switch because, like, we don't know where it's going to end. It's a whole console, says Nintendo. Believe it, them. It's on pace to yeah. beat those numbers. So I'm curious what happens next generation. Are they still going to keep selling? Are people still going to be interested in the Switch when newer consoles are out? Yeah. Or is it a totally on-its-own thing that is completely unaffected by the PS5 and probably Scarlet as I well? think it's on its own thing. Mm-hmm. I, think, I, I think every time we see a big game like Witcher 3 get ported over to Switch, it's always that, I, uh, we, uh, you know, the joke forever has been, oh, man, when something gets announced, is it coming to Switch? Is it coming to Switch? Put it on Switch, right? Mm-hmm. Then the, we start getting these, all right, fine, you want bigger games on Switch? We get them, and it's like, well, here's all these concessions we had to make to yeah. make it work. To make, and it's like, well... Cool, like I was so excited for Witcher Three on Switch. Still am, still plan to start it eventually. But I'm playing Luigi's Mansion, right? Right. Because that's my playing game. That's what I'm doing. I started Astral Chain. That's a great exclusive. That's what I'm playing. Yeah. Like even like I was excited when they announced uh, Outer Worlds was coming to it. But then Outer Worlds got to console first, and I played it there, and I didn't like love love it. So I'm mm. not like in the mood to play it again. Like the Switch is a Nintendo machine, which means people are playing Nintendo games on it. Mm-hmm. It's just stepped in so awesomely to also be the place to play your indie games right where it's like all right here's all these great digestible really cool games that are easy to get on it and play on a plane or play wherever you want to play them yeah i think third parties are doing pretty well i didn't i didn't check the actual numbers for what those third party games are that hit a million but i imagine they're pretty satisfied with those results because oh, sure. no one's really put that much effort into third party switch i mean there's some there's like there's a decent number of ports but in terms of like actual exclusives, stuff you wouldn't find anywhere else, or stuff that's even first on Switch. It's mostly the indie stuff that yeah. tends to do the best. The stories you hear about, like Hollow Knight's available on other systems, but I still think of it as a Switch game. Totally, mostly. I think that, and I, that's you know the beauty of, and I'm not trying to even do a character here, but like them picking up that mantle of what the what the Vita was great at. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vita was a great indie machine, right? Like It was the thing to have in your pocket to play smaller experiences, have right. ready to go. It was a spelunky machine for me for a very long time. Totally, right? And I think so many people had Shovel Knight on it, so many people played those kind of experiences there. Yeah. And so to have that be... I, it's what Nintendo needs, right? You can, we saw that people wouldn't buy the Wii U just for Nintendo exclusives. Mm-hmm. Like, right? And granted, were they... Were, Arguments to be made about the quality of those exclusives and the you know the amount that were being released and yada yada yada. This is proof that it, the Nintendo exclusives will sell the system, but then you can keep getting it turned on by having a steady flow of amazing games. There are mm-hmm. these indie games that on on PlayStation I would turn on, when I turn on my PlayStation right, it is like cool. I got Death Stranding, I got Modern Warfare, I have I have all these bigger games on it that are like you know the theater experiences, the thing I'm going to put multiple hours into that is going to go on forever. Whereas with Switch, it is like. It's also what Apple Arcade's doing of like, oh, cool, here's this two-hour experience. Okay, right. here's this thing I want to tinker with and fool around and see what it's about. Yeah. yeah. And, like, I'm honestly a little surprised that 
Mario Maker 2 does not seem to be doing as well I as I thought. I wanted to bring that up. I saw this. So read that paragraph again. Super Mario Maker 2 was the leader with 3.93 million units, but Link's Awakening wasn't too far behind with 3.13 million. Which all, is half a month. All the more impressive given the former was released in June and the latter was released on September 20th. Yeah. So yeah, Mario Maker 2 not making waves. So from what I've heard from people at Nintendo is yeah. that they are disappointed in the sales of the game. I think they realized they did a bad job capitalizing on it. Because when you think about Mario Maker Wii U, it was every week there was a new character that they would put in like a new level. Like, this is the character, or we put in, uh, what am I thinking of? The character from Nisekoi, which is a uh, shonen, or not shonen, it ran in Shonen Jump, but a manga about like a love triangle. Okay. But they put that bullshit in, and like, here's Arino from Game Center CX and all that sort of stuff. So it kept it interesting because there's always something new. They've not really, like, there was a ukulele level, or the creators made their own level. Like, there was that, but they mostly haven't done that much with the game in the last couple of months. Like, there was a big update a couple of days ago, or I a couple weeks like ago. Mario Maker is such an interesting thing because if you were to say to me, hey, Greg, we're putting out there. Nintendo's putting out Super Mario World. I don't even. I don't. You know, I, I, Super Mario Three World Three was that they, they made a two at some point, didn't they? Yoshi's Island, right? You know, I'm not. The yeah, big, I know, I, I I'm a Sega yes. kid. I'm a Sega. Hey, Greg, we're putting out a brand new Super Mario World. It's brand new. A whole bunch of Super Mario side-scrolling levels. Right. And I'll be like, oh fuck, I can't wait to play. And then Mario Maker comes out and it's like, hey, it's always. And I'm like, eh, I don't want to create. It's that. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. Where I'm like, I don't want to create, and I don't want to play other people's stuff. I just want to play what the story is. I want to go through and do this thing. Right. So I feel like. When you make a game like that, whether it be Mario Maker, whether it be Dreams, whether it be Little Big Planet, like you instantly, even though it's not you have you don't have to create jack shit, you don't have to play anybody else's creations. It immediately puts it into this category of like ah, that's not really my thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, that's not no. What are you talking about? That's not <laughs> even the thing. There's a million, and I know there's so much more to do in Mario Maker that I could just play the Nintendo levels and I can build out my castle and do all this different stuff. But it's just not the same, right? And so it's that where I'm like, I'm not excited for that. I like creating, but I need there to be like a zeitgeist around it. Yeah, and well, that, I mean, yeah, and that was the thing to your point, not mm-hmm. to step on you, sorry, but with the Wii U one, right? Like, granted, it was, you know, Dan Riker torturing Patrick Klepek, but yes. it was a thing where it was like, <laughs> hey, I know people are still playing Mario Maker. It is still going on. This one had it briefly at launch, like you're talking about, mm-hmm. where Andy was playing it and everybody's having a great time, but then it seems it's just gone away. Yeah, there needs to be like Twitch streamers doing all this stuff, like still playing the game, and granted, Patrick Klepek is still doing that, and, like, but he's one of the few. And for the most part, it's either you're making stuff for him or you're making it for like <laughs> Kaizo levels yeah. of like people who are like, this is way too hard for the mo- n- most normal people to sure. play this game. Sure. So. I would love to be in that middle of I want to make uh, levels that are not like, you know, for everyone necessarily, for people who like Mario. Yeah. But who's going to play at this point? Like, uh, is there really that big an audience for that game or the people streaming it? Do you have a chance if you make a good level, is it going to become viral? Will it rise to the top? Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know what, Imran Khan? Mm-hmm. I'd like to bring in another reader mail here. Sure. Not about Mario, but about creating stuff and dreams in particular. Mm-hmm. We're going to go to Aku, who wrote in to patreon.com slash games just like you can. It says, hey there, KFGD crew. A few weeks ago, there was some news about dreams, and you asked people to write in because you never heard anyone talk about it. Sadly, I didn't have the opportunity to write in back then, and seemingly no one else wrote in to share their positive experiences <laughs> with dreams either. You are correct. No one wrote in about that. Uh, now, I don't know dream- now, I know dreams isn't in the news today, but I still wanted to share my story with the best friends to show the world can- of dreams can be a success. 
I'm a high school history teacher in the Netherlands. Ever since Dreams was announced, I knew this game could be more than just a game. It could be a tool to teach children about making games, animations, music, and more. And so I invested some skill points in my charisma and set out on a quest to convince my school principal to buy me some PlayStation 4s along with copies of Dreams. It took quite some persuasion, but in the end, we settled on 15 PS4s, good job, Uh, which would be hooked up to old (laughs) PC monitors. So for the past couple weeks, I've been teaching what I call in game design. It's game. It's in in parentheses. Game design one word mm-hmm. uh, to groups of thirty kids working in pairs to create their masterworks and dreams. The results are wonderful, from quirky characters to mountainous landscapes, and even some simple animation with awesome VO. I've even had several of them come up to me and tell me they now want to pursue a, ga- a career in the games industry. To me, that's the power of dreams. I was thinking about dreams yesterday, actually, because I got the "Oi, what you looking at?" song stuck in my head. I don't know if I remember that one. You know, it's the there was a boxing game, and it's just like the most like oh. the most our best part of it was just this song like "Oi, you, what you looking at?" I do. And like, there's a longer chorus for it. Yeah, but I just yeah, got yeah. it stuck in my head. I'm like, oh yeah, Dreams is actually pretty cool. Yeah, no, it's really cool. Same thing though, where I'm like, I don't want to create anything. Yeah, I don't even and I think they did a kind of a not great job of like selling that thing because like. Does anyone know it's allowed? Does anyone know you can get Early into the beta? Access, yeah. This thing? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, is that thing still coming out as a retail thing? And apparently, like, yeah, that's what the idea was: is that they launched the creator tools, right? And that Media Molecule eventually put out their story, and then it'll be a complete game. What does the single player for that game look like at this point? Still going through the jazz musicians' <laughs> dreams or whatever. I don't know. But they haven't like done much with like I, I see dreams at every single conference I go to. Yeah. There's always like a station of media molecule, pe- molecule people with like beanbags in front, yeah. like, and they're like, "Okay, we're demoing dreams for you." It's like, okay, but where's the? Is there a rest of it? And if not, why not just put this game on shelves? Like, let anyone buy it. Yeah. Nobody knows. Mm. What's going to happen to Media Molecule? <laughs> Nobody knows. I think they're fine. I you think, think so? I think they probably have a PS5 project or they're putting Dreams on PS5. I, well, I guarantee they're putting P- Dreams on PS5. Yeah. I'm sure if, if I'm, if Siobhan or anybody else walks in from Media Molecule to Shu's office and like, hey, we got a great PS5. He's like, get the fuck out of here. Finish <laughs> the story for Dreams and figure out how we're putting out PlayStation 5 and like, are we doing a big rollout there? Like, yeah. I still think it should be either, it, it, you should, if they want to do it, they have to figure out some monetization deal where when I turn on my PlayStation 5 or even just my PlayStation 4 in some respect, I get to jump in right now and I get like a level a day or something like that. There's something going on there yeah. that's like, oh, that's enticing and I want to buy it and I want to play it. I want to play the rest of it and I want to build something. There should absolutely be some curation. There should be, like we talked about with Mario Maker, they should have a thing where once a week, like here's Kevin Ken Levine's new Dreams thing. that Can we paid yeah. We paid him $2,000 to do this. And that's the thing. Like they've talked about it, right? There's been, or it was, it was, talked about right that they had hired people at media molecule to make levels and dreams there was definitely a job listing i don't know if they were hired anybody okay. but there was it was like uh if you're good at making dreams games do you want to come and like work at media molecule molecule and make some dreams games for us and it feels like it's very late in that generation to still roll be that like, plan out yeah because <laughs> like dreams was a ps4 launch reveal or not launch uh, reveal event like they showed that game in 2013 at this point at some point, they need to do a thing with it or just say, like, yeah, the single-player campaign is not what you're looking for. It's not really what anyone needs to care about. We don't need to ship it with this game. It'll come eventually, but don't worry about it. Just get into dreams now. Yeah. I would like to go back at one point and see what that what it looks Turn like it now. It's there. Yeah. It's waiting for you. I mean, I have it on my PS4. It's a, that's the thing. I have no... There's not anything surfacing to me to it right now that tells me oh there's interesting stuff going on in dreams right now how would you reboot it or how would you get it going right now you think would you do that plan of like hey 
Ken Levine, Tim Schafer, whoever, we're giving you X amount of dollars and we want you to make this thing. Yeah, I, yeah. that would be the best way to do it and also highlight creators on a system level or on even a community level of, hey, here's a Dreams Twitter that everyone, like, here's mm. a thing that you should check out. Yeah, because there's fan sites I know that do that and stuff mm. that, like, go ahead and curate levels. Mm. Well, I like, I think what I would do is I would totally uh, ape, like, the uh, indie train jam for that comes out for GDC and stuff, right? And yeah. I would instead do, like, cool, we're doing a thing where we're getting, and make a documentary about it like they did with, like, Corey Barlog. We're going to do, like, a one-week-long crunch session where we're bringing in Tim Schafer, Ken Levine, all these different names, right? And then smaller developers like Nina Freeman, all these other indie developers, bringing them together. Either they can do it alone or they can partner up or whatever, and we're going to make X amount of levels, right? Yeah. And see how that is. And then slowly over the documentary, release the documentary, and then put out one a week or a day or whatever. Something. Right. You can pay Derek Yu for a week of his time to make a new game. Yeah. And he will be interested in that because like, even if it's not Spelunky 2, it is a thing from a guy who made Spelunky. Yeah, and that's the pro- the power of that would be bringing your individual individual fan bases to it. Yeah. Right? Of like, all right, cool. Like You have an audience that does follow your Twitter. Bring them over to Dreams and let's do it. Plus, imagine like the idea of collaborative game development with designers you love. Yeah. Of like if Tim Schafer is like, well, I don't really know what to do with this game besides writing it. And someone's like, well, I can make it pretty good, like something that looks like Monkey Island or Grim Fandango or whatever. Yeah. And if you want to start making a game that, with models like that and art like that, we can do that. And it's just a very cool way to get people involved. That sort of thing. I'd also put this thing on PC. Sure. I think that should have been done this year, probably when they launched the beta. Yeah. Yeah. But again, Shuhei's like, just get it working. Yeah. Get it done and get it fun. We'll put it somewhere else. We'll this is why Sean Layden left. <laughs> he like opened the door to the dreams. He's like, I got to go. <laughs> uh, another piece of Nintendo news for you here. More 3DS to Switch ports are coming. This is from uh, Takashi. Mochizuki. Thank you very much. At the Wall Street Journal. I was going to get there. Uh, a sur- <laughs> this is his Twitter. A surprise, analysts say, is regional breakdown of light sales. So he's going back to this. Uh, we're piggybacking off light sales. Uh, it's, similar to the, it's similar to consoles uh, selling 800,000 in the U.S. versus 390,000 in Japan. Usually, Japan leads handheld at launch, uh, with the U.S. catching up at the end of its life cycle. Analysts say light might have found a new market in the U.S. The result is encouraging for Pokemon games coming next month. Nintendo chief uh, Furukawa said company said the company would make more 3DS franchises available on Switch to convey the appeal of light. That thing do you read that as a port, or do you read that as they're just going to take things that were successful on 3DS and make new games? The latter. I think, like, I think I said this before, but when Alpha Dream closed down, part of the reason, in my head at least, was that Mario and Luigi Bowser's Inside Story remake for 3DS didn't do well at all. Like, mm-hmm. somewhere in the area of, like, I think first month sales were like 11,000 copies. Yeah. So I was not surprised the studio shut down after that. Or I guess filed for bankruptcy. They haven't officially shut down yet. But when that happened, I had heard Nintendo canceled a bunch of further 3DS plans. Oh, really? So I would not be shocked to see those games eventually come to Switch too. Mm-hmm. Like, I know there was another Fire Emblem, Fire Emblem remake in the works for 3DS. And that was one of the things that, like, they shuttered. So maybe that's one of the things they do bring forward in the future. But, like, there's other stuff that hasn't come over, like uh, Style Savvy, for example, WarioWare. Games that are traditionally on handhelds that they've not brought to Switch yet. Like, those are examples of games that I think would be actually work quite well. Yeah. And there's people who will, people who will never buy a home console because they don't want one. Yeah. And, like, that's why I think that's Switch... That's weird. Like, yeah. Man, that's weird. It's weird for us. It, like, it makes sense if you're... You're not the type of person to plop down on your couch and play a video game for three to four hours. You're somebody who puts it in like your backpack or your purse or whatever. You just travel with yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, 
just so, commute. Yeah, I mean, that was the thing in back in the uh, early '90s. People were like, there were news stories about oh, businessmen who carry a Game Boy with Tetris in their briefcases. That's that was my uncle when I bought my Game Boy. I shouldn't even say that when I got my uh, Game Boy as a gift from Aunt and Uncle Scott. Mm-hmm. Uncle Scott liked it so much and commuted on the train to go. He's he was alert to go down to Chicago and do it. He bought his own and played golf and Tetris, and that's all he did. He just played yeah. that on the train. Yeah, and there are people who do that with Pokemon and Animal Crossing yeah, too. Yeah. I guess it's not that weird. Fine. It's (laughs) it's just like for us, the idea of a handheld is it doesn't matter where the good games are as long as the good games exist because we're, you know, we're in that in like in that mindset, I guess. But for some people, it's like, well, I prefer playing games a certain way. That's why some people will never play games that aren't on phones, for example, because that's just how they prefer it to have that device with them and all that. The handheld kind of crosses that barrier for them. So while they would never dock a switch, they would have a nice small switch that like they can play with it or fit in their pocket or fit in some pockets. pockets. They got big pockets. They're big pockets or a backpack. I put in my back pocket often, and I don't even have the switch lights. There you go. (laughs) I I think if you took the Joy Cons off, I could probably switch it, put it in my pockets, but wouldn't be easy. Yeah, I, would I got a ver- huge ass, so it's easy. <laughs> Number three on the Roper Report. We got a milestone for PlayStation Now. It's hit a million subs. This is Brendan Sinclair, GamesIndustry.biz. The PlayStation Now subscriber base grew to more than one million people this month. Sony announced the news in a prepared comment alongside its quarterly earnings report t- today, saying it renewed the service this month with a price cut and the addition of marquee games like God of War and Grand Theft Auto V that will be offered for three-month stints. Uh, Sony said the, the renewal had helped drive a consistent number of new signups quote this is a great step toward the target we mentioned at the investor relations day of growing subscribers by an average of more than 50 percent per year the company said uh, through this renewal we are aiming to assess the potential of cloud gaming services glad somebody's finally looking at cloud gaming <laughs> services playstation spearheading it over yeah here. they're really taking the ball and running with it yeah i was I had to, what do you call it, rebuild the database on my PS4 recently. Yeah. So I put back all the icons I've long since moved past on my taskbar or whatever you yeah, call yeah. it. I and, still say XMB. Yeah. Know. And the PS Now thing was up there. And like, I haven't deleted that because like, maybe I do want to try this out at some point. Yeah. They, they do a very good job of using that icon to show like, do you just want to play God of War? Yeah. You it's can, totally God of War. Yeah. Right there ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. I... I'm not surprised it hit a million subs. It needs to do a lot better than that in the future. Mm-hmm. But it's still the number one one, Imran. Still number one in terms of revenue. Are there any other options? Well, they, they're <laughs> talking about digital games. I mean, when they compared it to Game Pass and they t- did all that stuff, yeah. when that report came but out. But also it has stuff. like 100 million. Of course. I'm just, saying, <laughs> I'm just saying, we, uh, we fall into this, not trap, but I, I we often downplay the success of PlayStation now because mm-hmm. Game Pass is a better service, IMO, and <laughs> that's how it works, but yeah. I mean, they know, like, I think if not for the success of Game Pass, or and I say success critically, uh, they would not have probably, like, refocused about oh, no way. Bit, like, the download thing I think is the biggest thing for that, yep. and they don't do a good job of saying that. Nope. Like, when I said, as someone connected, that I didn't know how many games they had, it was like 300 yeah. that you could download, because they don't do a good job of showing people. If you're into it already, you're like, okay, yeah, this is actually a pretty good service. But yeah. if not, then... Well, that's the thing. Is when it came out, it was just, it, it didn't work well, right? The streaming mm-hmm. wasn't great. Everybody kind of moved on. And there's, there is an audi- a core audience that stuck around or has come in late. And I've seen plenty of you write into patreon.com slash games with your success stories. And then I think, yeah, the, the first big step in terms of uh, them getting this back on track, in terms of public reception, was adding in God of War, Grand Theft Auto, all those games a second ago, actual PlayStation 4 games. Right. And now it's that thing of, cool, what does this mean for PlayStation 5 and going forward? Is this going to be a thing where I go and I can, I'm going to be playing 
a lot of exclusives that way? Is it or is it going to be that I'll just be getting older sh- older shit from it? It's just a library of uh, exclusives and things that way. Mm-hmm. What what I don't know what they want out of it, and I and it, I hope they ha- have a vision for the PlayStation Five version of PlayStation. Theoretically, they should vertically integrate all these things together. They should have PS Now and Remote Play and all that stuff. Like, just say, hey, if you come to PlayStation, here's all the things you can do. If you don't own God of War, like, let's say you're Greg Miller who is off hosting a thing yeah. somewhere else the day God of War 2 comes out. Like, well, what am I supposed to do? Do I just buy it digitally and just do whatever? Or yeah, yeah. do I just use my PlayStation Now subscription to start this game? And then when I get home, I'll buy it, download it, all that stuff. BJ Bernardo writes in to patreon.com slash games and says, Hi, y'all! With Xbox Game Pass and PlayStation Now getting more popular, do you think those monthly free games with gold and PlayStation Plus games will disappear? You talked about merging everything together, right? Mm-hmm. Or under one umbrella. What do you think when we get to Xbox Scarlet, when we get to PlayStation 5? PlayStation Now, PlayStation Plus, Xbox uh, Live, Xbox Game Pass, Xbox, you know, all the, the streaming service, xCloud. Are, are we going to move to where, hey, there's one thing, there's one umbrella that has everything? I think they, they probably will and like call it PlayStation Plus Pro or something like that. But yeah. I think ideally for them, don't get rid of the free games, but put older games, like let's say a big thing with PS Plus Now is if you're not subscribed, you miss the games for that month or whatever. Yep. Don't do that. Let those games sit in an archive that you have to pay money for on PS Now. Mm-hmm. Like, just say, okay, well, you missed Darksiders this month. So if you want to go play that game, we have it now. It's sitting in the PlayStation Vault. And you can go play that game or download it or whatever. Because it does get them another bite of that apple of, okay, a PlayStation Plus that exists forever is a much more compelling Game Pass-style alternative. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think you have to worry about the free games going away. I do think it's going to merge into something different as we go forward. Yeah, I think you do have to worry about the free games getting worse. Yeah, well, like maybe. that was a thing. This generation of last year, our last generation, it was, hey, you want Dishonored? That game just fucking came out. We're putting it on PS Plus. Yeah, and like they had some big hits this time. Of uh, Rocket League would not have been the success it was yeah. if they did not make that the a launch game on PS Plus. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like, okay, what is this month? I, I know they just announced it. <sighs> uh, it's Neo. And Outlast 2. Neo was Still good. Still got it, Kev. <laughs> All right. Neo was really good. It's also ve- several years old at this point. It's two, right? Is it several? Wait, shit. When did Neo come out? Neo would have come... Uh, give, me, give me your pitch. Uh, I want to say Neo No, no. Out. Don't check your computer. I said give me your pitch. Uh, We're testing you now. I'm going to say 2016. 2017. February 7th, 2017. Okay, so very early 2017. Yeah. But yeah, the, like that game is... Like we're talking about Neo Two at this point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, in twenty twenty, right? And that's the part of the thing. It's like it's, it's now just be- marketing. Yeah, now. it's marketing for those next games. But it's marketing you're paying for. Yeah. So if you don't have Neo, great. It's a good like good deal. But on the other hand, it's not the same deal it was a generation ago. One hundred percent. So it's gonna, you're not. Yeah. It it feels rare to get a good. Uh, I shouldn't say a good. A noteworthy day and date release, right? Yeah. Where it is, or it's going to be on PlayStation Plus to start. Medieval should have been a PS Plus game, one hundred percent. Like Ready Set Heroes for sure should have been a PS 100%. Plus game. And well, for <laughs> sure, Ready Set Heroes will be. <laughs> you I, can wait on that one. It's I a, got the uh, Epic Game Store like uh, yeah, the email, yeah. like uh, I was like, hey, we put this in your press account. I'm like, what the fuck is Ready Set Heroes? Oh, right, yeah, that yeah. game, two v two competitive dungeon crawling. <laughs> All right, cool. Why did PlayStation make this with just random squirrels and stuff? Whatever. Yeah. Cool. It's cool. They should start using it as advertisement for other stuff or games that people wouldn't play otherwise. Exactly. It should have been PlayStation on our stalls, blah, 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 <laughs> two. You know I was going with that. Battle yes. Royale 2. I went to bed at 3.50 in the morning. Uh, it's like Voldemort. You can't say it out loud. Imran. Mm-hmm. 
I'm excited to see what happens with Ready Set Heroes next, but it's still so far away. If I wanted something more immediate, where would I go? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the kind of funny games Daily Show host each and every weekday. Yeah, Loki. Uh, before I get to that, I'm going to tell you about our sponsors. Uh, we're going to start with Escape the Invasion. Ever wonder... What you'd do if you found yourself in the middle of a post-apocalyptic world that had been ravaged by a deadly virus inflicted by aliens? Looking for a unique date or game night that gets you off your devices and truly interacting with each other? You've got to check out this game called Escape the Invasion. It's about immersive experiences, and they just announced with the, new, the launch of their new post-apocalyptic uh, subscription-themed box. Oof. Uh, from the makers of Hunt a Killer, the popular true crime mystery subscription game that Jenna and Greg play. Uh, comes Escape the Invasion, the sci-fi game where you are a survivor on a rapidly dying Earth after an alien invasion. You find refuge in a government bunker, but is it safer than the outside world? Can you trust your fellow survivors? You think you're safe now and you found refuge, but there's a council that creates and controls every aspect of life in the bunker. What will you choose, freedom or safety? With Escape the Invasion, you will receive a box of clues, physical items, and evidence each month. It's up to you to piece it all together, solve the mystery, and save humanity. Not everything is as it seems in this challenging game where you must decide who you trust. Your decision will determine the fate of the story, the bunker, and maybe even humanity itself. It's been called an escape room delivered to your door where Fallout meets Alien. Uh, escape the Evasion is a great way to get off your phones, but if you want to play by yourself, you can interact with their online community to swap theories and help others out. You get high-quality handcrafted clues that get you lost in this post-apocalyptic world and make you feel right at home as humanity is truly in your hand. Right now... Just for our listeners, you can go to escapetheinvasion.com slash kfgames for 20% off your first box. That's escapetheinvasion.com slash kfgames for 20% off your first box. Escapetheinvasion.com slash kfgames. Uh, next up is Quip. We're all using Quip. We think it's the best toothbrush around, but what actually makes a better toothbrush? Industrial strength power, claims of miraculous trendy ingredients, multiple modes. If you ask a dentist, they'll tell you it's less about the brush and more about how you use it. That's why Quip was created by dentists and product designers to focus on what actually matters to your oral health healthier habits. Quip's sensitive vibrations, built with a built-in timer, guide gentle brushing for the dentist recommended two minutes with 30-second pulses, ensuring it even clean. Quip automatically delivers brush heads to you every three months for clean new bristles right on schedule. This sleek, intuitive design is simple to use and comes with a travel cap that doubles as a mere mount. These thoughtful features make brushing something you actually want to do twice a day. Good habits ma matter to a healthier life, so help form fresh oral health habits with Quip. Quip starts at just $25, and you'll get your first refill free at getquip.com slash KF. This is a simple way to support our show and start brushing better, but you have to go right now to getquip.com slash KF to get your first refill free. Right now, getquip.com slash KF. I, while you're reading ads, I thought about what I should have done for Halloween. What, what should you have done? I should have been Dr. Disrespect and carried around a bathroom stall door with me. Right. And just like looked over it. Sure. That yeah. would have been real good. Yeah. yeah. I thought you were going to be a quick toothbrush. I missed out. I mean, I can't be that good. <laughs> Did you see, uh, Gary Wood wanted you to be a Pikmin. I heard of that. I, yeah. People were yelling at me this morning. Yeah. So I guess I'm wearing blue jeans and a blue shirt, so I'm a blue Pikmin. Close enough. There yeah. you go, Gary. Which is true. Uh, out today. Tokyo Dark on Switch. Luigi's Mansion 3 on Switch. That's an interesting date. I guess it's a Thursday, so they never release games on Thursday. Who? Nintendo? Yeah. Well, that's usually a big dump for Switch games, but you're right. First-party stuff usually doesn't come out on Thursday. Yeah. I got, it's Halloween, 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 so, yeah. They want it out before All Saints Day, you know? <laughs> uh, Ghost Parade, PS4, Switch, and PC. The Wanderer, Frankenstein's Creature on PC and Mac. Castle Costume on PS4. Sky Gamblers, Storm Raiders 2 on Switch. Uh, Monoko, Monoko Slash okay. 
Mononake slash down switch. Yuri switch. Flan switch. The big journey switch. Oh, no. Otokozimu. Otokomizu. Switch. Agony on Switch. Uh, Time of the Moon on PC. Lee Inside TV on PC. In the Bag on PC. 3x64 on PC. Fuck off. Someone try with your names. Fear the Dark Unknown on PC. Soul Reaper on PC and Mac. New dates for you. Uh, Lithium. Inmate 39. Relapse Edition is coming out on PlayStation 4 on November 5th. The Witcher on Netflix is coming out on December 20th. There's a new trailer out right now. Uh, Henry Cavill, Superman himself, is in the bathtub like everyone Yeah, wants. the bathtub scene makes it. Hell yeah. Enraged, uh, Rage 2 is getting a DLC. Here's the official one. Enraged 2 se- second expansion. Players will explore the twisted and cursed alternate reality of the wasteland the deadlands when rage 2 terror mania releases on november 14th for pc xbox one and ps4 i see rage 2 like stuff like bethesda still supporting that like it's kind of like a bless your heart kind of thing yeah that's still a thing yeah uh found horror game simulacra is coming to to playstation 4 xbox one and switch on the 3rd of december Mm. and then deals of the day for you right now epic game store is giving away costume quest and soma if you go over there. Soma is one of the top ten horror games of all time. I, I would even say like top five. And Costume Quest is an amazing series that you should get both games of. Yeah. Because we love Costume Quest and want them to make more. <sighs> Bug Tim Schafer to make more Costume Quest. Yeah. At him right now. You know what? I, I'm just saying, Phil Spencer wants to make a million dollars. That's how you do it. Yeah. yeah let's, Xbox, get, let's make our money yeah. back. There you go. Probably Scarlet launches Halo Infinite, Costume Quest 3. Three. Yeah. 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 That'd be great. They got, you know, there's still an animated series for Costume Quest, you know? Yeah. They... Yeah. Pitched that a while ago. Or it's, it's yeah. Season two is coming out right Wait, now. Wait, really? Yeah. Is it good? I never watched season one. And I like Cosmic <laughs> Quest a lot. I bought the children's book. I digress. Um, number one, time for Squad Up. Nobody wrote in with a new Squad Up. <laughs> so you're all jerks, and nobody wants to play with each other on Halloween. Number two, it's time for You're Wrong. If we, you're watching live, twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. Go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Tell us what we screw up as we screw it up. Uh, something screwed up with You're Wrong. Yeah. I, I, I put in a, a test submission. It never pops. So. Yeah, I've been looking this entire time. And uh, absolutely I'm nothing. guessing Google Docs is having a day, so yeah. we'll figure it out. Or maybe it's just spooky. It's the spookiest You're Wrong ever. Maybe it's uh, written with invisible ink. But I'll take it that we got nothing wrong. I love the idea of like everyone just giving us anxiety by like... Not They're all in the chat, like, don't say anything. <laughs> yes. Don't do anything. <laughs> they, they know they can't be this correct. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's Kind of Funny Games Daily for Halloween 2019. Uh, remember, if you are watching live this afternoon, 4 p.m., uh, Halloween Hellscape, youtube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. It's a YouTube premiere. You can watch live with everybody, including us. Uh, if not, you can watch it later. A whole bunch of shenanigans happen. Will Xavier Woods be there? Who knows? He will be. That's confirmed, I think, already. <laughs> Uh, and then remember, uh, this afternoon, myself, Tim, uh, Imran, uh, Fran, I think Andy's coming in. Kevin's going to have something to say, too. Uh, we're doing our Death Stranding review. Uh, it will be live 12.01 a.m. Uh, Friday. So, you know, first thing Friday morning, midnight of Halloween, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it. Uh, you can get that on YouTube.com slash games, podcast services around the globe. Uh, if you're watching live, next is We Have Cool Friends Halloween Edition with Janina Gavankar from After Party. And some Star Wars game, Mitchell, but you know, we yeah. don't talk about that one anymore. Mm. Imran, thank you for not dressing up. You know what I mean? <laughs> we got to lend some levity to this whole thing. Someone's got to be professional. Yeah. It's got to be you. Yeah, apparently it is. <laughs> right. Just because I forgot. <laughs> right. Ladies and gentlemen, until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.